In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the line of David, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, Time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. This Christmas, how can the gifts we give celebrate the best That's a great clip in which Sheldon's trying to figure out how to give Penny uh, an equal gift that's been a problem for him in the past. So he hatches a, a good plan. He buys all those different gift baskets and whatever she's going to give him, he can give one that matches it and return the others. But he could never know that she would give him like the best Christmas gift ever, uh, a napkin signed to him by his idol, uh, Leonard Nimoy, that also had his DNA on there, which Sheldon, being kind of creepy, wants to try to replicate his own clone of Leonard Nimoy. And, of course, he goes and grabs all the baskets and gives them the penny and says, it's not enough, right? The best Christmas present Sheldon could ever have. In case you're wondering who Leonard Nimoy is, uh, he was an actor who played Mr. Spock on Star Trek. And so uh, that's someone that Sheldon looked up to in this show. Um, you know, Star Trek means like a journey or a voyage. In the South, we say a little differently. We say Star Trek. Uh, did you see Star Trek last night? Yeah, I did. But there wasn't any racing on there, so I don't think I'm going to watch it again, you know. So we think it's NASCAR, but it's, it's not. So T-R-E-K, Star Trek. So best Christmas gift ever, Sheldon received a napkin from Leonard Nimoy. What's the best Christmas gift you have ever received? Uh, maybe you were fortunate enough in some of the years over the past, I don't know how long, uh, 10, 20 years of toys that sell out that everyone tries to get hold of. Uh, maybe you're lucky enough to get a Cabbage Patch Kid, either for yourself or your child or your grandchild. Maybe uh, Tickle Me Elmo, maybe one of those little Furby things. Maybe more recently, the Nintendo Switch or this year, the Oculus Quest, where you can have a virtual reality fight with Darth Vader and all that kind of good stuff. What's the best gift you have ever received for Christmas? Now, as I get older, I've discovered that it's actually even more fun to give gifts than it is to receive them. Now, don't get me wrong, I like to receive gifts, but giving gifts, it's a lot of fun. It's fun to see my wife, Laura, unwrap stuff that, that I got her that worked, that is correct, that I guessed right on. Uh, but more especially for my two sons, Luke and Nathan, they're 7 and 11, uh, just to see the joy that they have to unwrap gifts. And I was singing in my office the other day, ordering stuff, and Laura's like, somebody's in the Christmas mood. And it's fun to give gifts to people 
and when it brings them joy. And so I think the best gift that Laura and I were able to give to our boys that, I, that brought me the most joy was something we did three years ago in 2016. Uh, many of you who know me know I'm kind of a sci-fi nerd, and uh, my boys, uh, like they like some of the stuff I like, not all the stuff that I like. We went to see Star Wars this week on the first night, opening night, and that was fun. Uh, they've also watched this show, British show, science fiction show, Doctor Who, with me. I like the old Doctor Who from the 70s and 80s. There's new Who that's, that's pretty good, too. But if you don't know anything about Doctor Who, Doctor Who travels through time and space in a time machine that looks like a British police box. It's bigger on the outside than it is on the inside. Well, 2016, I was on eBay, and I saw that someone was selling a life-size one of these blue police boxes on eBay. And uh, yeah, and so it was on eBay, and it was for like a fraction of the price of what the other ones were going for because there was a, a catch to it. You had to go to rural Virginia um, and pick it up from the owner. And so uh, I talked to my wife, Laura. I'm like, yeah, would it be okay if I put a bid in on this? Right, Always good to consult the spouse on a, on a large purchase and get her permission to bring it into the house because it was a pretty big blue box and uh, to have a temporary location, okay, temporary location. And she was a good mom and said, yeah, we can go for that. But she's like, who exactly is this for? Uh, you were the boys, and so I won't answer that. But anyway, uh, we put a bid on it, and long story short, we won the bid. So I rented, I well, not rented, I borrowed my father-in-law's truck. He didn't charge me rent. Uh, borrowed my father-in-law's truck and drove up to rural Virginia, uh, met this, this nice couple, very nerdy like me. We talked the same language, had a good visit. Uh, help me break it down, right? It's like 10 feet tall, four by four by 10, and uh, put those pieces on my father-in-law's truck, covered up with blankets, strapped it down, drove it back to North Carolina. And one of our neighbors in our neighborhood let us store it in their garage. They had a three-car garage and just had two cars, so stored it kind of unassembled in the garage, covered it with blankets so that their kids, who played with my kids, wouldn't know what it was. They kept telling my kids, you're getting a treehouse for Christmas, you're getting a treehouse for Christmas. I'm like, you're not getting a treehouse for Christmas. Week of Christmas, transfer from my neighbor's garage to our garage, tell my boys don't go in the garage. We have our Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve. I get home a little late. My parents are downstairs asleep in the bedroom, the guest bedroom. My wife and boys are upstairs asleep. I get to work. I'm like Elf, right, going to work. Santa Claus is a little helper. And we get uh, the, the, the police box assembled and try not to wake everybody up. Had to go through two different doors. It's like midnight, uh, and this is what it looks like. Um, got a picture of that, right? So it's like huge, right? It's in the middle of the kitchen. It's in the middle of the living room. Like I have a great wife uh, who allowed this to be in a temporary, temporary location. Uh, and so I went to bed just super excited. Uh, so our tradition is that the boys come and jump on our bed to crack a dawn, wake us up. We're groggy. We all go to the, to the loft. My parents have coffee. They come up. We're in the loft. We read the Christmas story from the Bible together. Then the boys sit on the top of the stairs. All the adults go down the stairs. We get the cameras ready, the video cameras ready. We torture the boys for like five minutes and wait and wait, you know, because my parents did that to me, so I'm making my kids pay the same way, right? So, like, this is my moment, right? Like, they're going to come down. They're going to look across. And they're like, wow, you know, it's the police box and from Doctor Who, and they're going to be excited. And so, you know, my mom and dad have been in and out of the kitchen getting coffee and stuff. And so I turned to mom, like, I can't wait to see what they think about it. My mom and dad are like, about what? And I'm like, about the big blue box right there. And they look over and like, where did that come from, right? Like, literally. 
They had been to the kitchen like five times in the morning, right back and forth, getting coffee, getting like toast and stuff. And they didn't even see a 10 foot tall police box, bright blue. And she's like, where did that come from? I'm like, well, it just materialized out of time and space, mom. Right. So the boys come downstairs is an awesome moment. But what's even more awesome is my memory of my parents in utter shock that that police box just materialized out of nowhere. What's your best Christmas gift? What's the best Christmas gift that you've received? And, and I'm guessing that for most of us, it's, it's not a material item. Uh, it's more something along the lines of, hey, we found out that we're pregnant and we've been trying for, for a long time. Or, you know, hey, we're getting engaged this Christmas and that's awesome. And hopefully it's not in that order, y'all, by the way. But anyway, right, hey, I'm coming home from the hospital uh, this Christmas, you know, Hey, right, I got a job. Hey, this is my first Christmas where I'm going to be sober, right? Hey, this is the Christmas where my child's coming home from overseas and serving in the military, right? What is your best gift ever, and what do you hope to receive this year? Uh, as we're talking about Christmas, we're talking about gifts. What's the, what's the best gift that we, we could hope for? Uh, it is Christmas, and it was awesome watching, uh, again, the, the first video that kind of led into the message today as we heard the Christmas story retold through the Gospels, and that's powerful stuff. So we, we come to Christmas, and, and we know, it, you know something powerful happened. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit was up in heaven you know, in the kitchen and grabbed Jesus' napkin when he went and looking, got the DNA right, and came and talked to a girl named Mary. No, it didn't happen that way. But, but God's like this amazing God that has better technology than us. So the, you know, the virgin birth happens. Mary and Joseph, they're, they're in on it. They, they want to be a part of this. They have to go to Bethlehem. Uh, the baby's born in a stable because there's no room in the inn. Uh, the angels come. The shepherds come. And we celebrate Christmas just like we saw on the screens. And, and that brings us up to where we are now in, in the story. In the Bible, the story of the birth of Jesus is in two books. One is the Gospel of Matthew. One is the Gospel of Luke. And gospel means good news, good news about Jesus. And each of the books tells a different part of the story. Uh, and so we've kind of smushed them all together. Uh, and so we're going to look in Matthew, and we're going to see the story that happens after the angels, happens after the shepherds. Uh, it's a little while after. We'll see why that is. But this is the story of the wise men. They're called Magi. Uh, and they're going to come to Jesus. So let's pick up the story of Jesus, the Christmas story, as we're thinking about gifts, best gifts. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod. King Herod was the local ruler. Uh, he was a, a local guy who worked for the Roman emperor in Rome. Uh, and he was kind of the local muscle. Like he, he was the local governor, you would say. He, he, he was in charge. He was in charge of the Jewish people in Israel. Uh, Magi, wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and they asked, Where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? Right? So Herod's in Jerusalem. Jesus is in Bethlehem. They're two different places. The wise men come to ask Herod, Where, Where's this king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Because right? he's the king of the Jews. What do you mean? You're looking at him. I'm right here, right? What are you talking about? And so if there's a, you know, there's a rival here, Herod's you know, very disturbed by this. Who's trying to take over my territory? And all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, like, get the religious guys together. Let's find out what's going on, right? He asked them, where's the Messiah, the Savior, to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, uh, for this is what the prophet has written. A prophet's a spokesperson for God who lived a while ago, and this is what the prophet said. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. 
For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Right? They've been talking about this for hundreds of years. It's happening right here, right now in Bethlehem. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. Right? Again, God's amazing technology. He's causing stars to move. Right? They're light years away, and, and God's working on this. Pretty cool. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Right? The other translation is liar, liar, pants on fire. He doesn't want to go worship Jesus. Right? He wants to wipe him out. He wants to kill him. This is my opposition. Right? I'll pretend I want to worship him so I can really go and kill him so that my position as king of the Jews is secure. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them. Again, God's power moving a star until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They are truly there for the right reasons. On coming to the house, now notice, they're no longer in a manger. They're in a house, right? So Joseph and Mary have stuck around for a while. Jesus is probably a toddler at this point, right? They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Nowhere does it say there are three wise men. The reason we think there are three is because there were three gifts, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I'm going to run with that because it sounds good, and we're going to keep doing that. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route, right? So God is, is giving them some special wisdom. And what I'd love to focus on here just for a minute are these gifts that the three magi, the three wise men, give to baby Jesus. Gold frankincense and myrrh. Now, we all probably know what gold is. Uh, we might not know what frankincense and myrrh are. Frankincense is kind of like an incense that you burn. It smells good. Uh, myrrh is kind of a, a spice that could be used as incense. It could be used as perfume, that sort of thing. Uh, these were very expensive items. And so if they were coming to present a gift to a king, a real earthly king, these would be fitting gifts to give to Jesus, the king, that they're expensive, uh, they're valuable. It's something that you would be okay with if you were in front of the king to present the king with. But I think there's more you know, symbolism going on here, and I don't think I'm alone in this, and I think there's, there's some deeper meanings. The frankincense, for example, uh, is what people burned in worship, places of worship like the Jewish temple. And so uh, the gift of frankincense is kind of symbolic. This is not just an earthly king. This is a heavenly king. This is a king that's worth worshiping. And so maybe you know, that was an allusion to Christ's uh, divinity as well as being a, an earthly type king. And then myrrh, again, it can be used for perfume. It can be used for incense. But it was also used um, to help uh, anoint bodies after, they had, after someone had died uh, the ritual is to anoint bodies with spices so that they wouldn't stink as bad. Uh, and so maybe this was a foreshadowing of Jesus' death uh, and subsequent resurrection. So there's a lot going on with the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh uh, that I think is important. But let's not miss sight of a very practical use that Jesus and his family probably used the gold and frankincense and myrrh for. After the wise men ditched Herod, uh, he really got upset and angry, and so what he decided to do was he wanted to make sure that he was going to wipe out his, his competition, Jesus. Uh, and so he wanted to make sure that he, he did that. He didn't know which baby it was, you know, which house it was in. So he orders that all children aged two and under would be killed. Right? So Jesus is probably a toddler somewhere, one to two years old, 
It took the wise men a long time to get there. Right? Herod's going to be sure. Right? We'll make sure every, every infant all the way to two years old is wiped out. Right? And he does that. And it's horrible. And he kills all these children uh, just because of political power and, and wanting to hang on to his power. But, you know, God, you know, warns Joseph and Mary, and, and they get out of Dodge ahead of that. And so they go down to another country, into Egypt, which is sometimes friendly with Israel, and sometimes it's not friendly with Israel. They speak a different language there. They have different culture there. Joseph and Mary don't have people down there. How are they going to make money down there? So obviously, I think what happens is, I'm guessing they use the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh to fund their time as refugees in Egypt. That the... Magi, the wise men, their gift allowed Jesus and his parents to live as refugees in a foreign country until it was safe enough to come back when Herod died, which was a short time later. Right? So at the end of the day, these are important gifts. They're symbolic gifts. They're kingly gifts, but they're practical gifts, and they probably most likely keep the Holy Family alive. And I'm wondering, you know, if word got back to the Magi, to the wise men, that that would probably bring them a great deal of joy. That, you know what? We helped the Son of God. We help the Savior. We help God Himself and His family survive a very difficult time with the gifts that we've given, right? Those were good gifts, and we were glad to be able to give them to Jesus. It is really good to give gifts to other people. I've been thinking, you know, wouldn't it be awesome if we could also give gifts like that to Christ? Now, in today's world, I don't think Jesus needs our gold. I don't think He needs our frankincense or our myrrh. But what would it look like to give Jesus a birthday present? Because it is, after all, His birthday. And so, as Kevin mentioned earlier, you know, we have a tradition here at South Park Church to give Jesus a Christmas gift every year. We take up a special Christmas offering, and we give 100% of it away. And we do that to say, Jesus, we love you, and this is what we want to do for you. And so... This year, I want to read a passage of Scripture now from the Old Testament. It's from one of those prophets, a spokesperson for God. God gives them a message to say. And this is, this is a prophecy that talks about what Jesus is going to be like, who he's going to be. And later, he's going to read this same passage of Scripture and say, this has been fulfilled in me, standing here in front of you. Okay, So check this out from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 2. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. So Jesus talks about helping people who are poor, people who are brokenhearted, people who are captive, who are prisoners of things, and people who are mourning. Right? And so I think these are people that Jesus really cares about. I mean, he cares about everybody, but this is a special thing that Jesus came to do is help people in tough situations. So what if we could help people today in the 21st century in tough, difficult situations? So our Christmas offering, we give away 100% and we split it up into two different ministries. We give them 50-50 uh, who are doing great things for God. So this year's Christmas offering, we're going to give half of that to New Story Church uh, which is a Methodist church like us in Winston-Salem. It's a pretty new church, a church plant. They have multiple campuses. And they're in the tough part of Winston-Salem uh, where there's a lot of gangs and drugs and violence. And most of their congregation is made up of people who are homeless or poor or who are battling addictions to drugs and alcohol or in gangs. 
and they give them the word of Jesus, and people are baptized. We've got a picture of some baptisms happening there. They also feed people physical food. They have a clothes closet where they give people clothes. They have a free medical clinic that we help fund with a former Christmas offering where people in the community can come and receive free medical treatment. And so they're truly transforming their community in the name of Jesus. The challenge is their congregation just doesn't have money to, to make the church happen. And so they rely upon other churches like us. And so it's, it's our gift to Jesus to help people in Winston-Salem know who God is, have a meal, get medical treatment, and, and we're going to give half of our Christmas offering to them. The other half is going to go to a group called RIP, Rest in Peace, Medical Debt, as in we want to wipe out medical debt. Over 79 million Americans out of like 300 million Americans, almost a third of Americans, have to get up every day and make a decision. Will I pay my medical bill today or will I eat today? Will I pay my medical bills or, or will I pay my rent today? Right? One out of two Americans was surveyed said that if they had a $500 unexpected medical expense, it would be a hardship for them. Right? Well, $500 won't get you in the door. right? And so there, there are people in our country uh, that are just facing mounds and mounds of medical debt. There's billions of medical, billions of dollars of medical debt in our country. And so what RIP Medical Debt does, RIP Medical Debt, is they buy up medical debt. Uh, for $1, they'll buy up $100 of a real person's debt, right? Uh, and then they, they, they abolish it. They say, you don't owe this money anymore. Right? Other people buy debt a dollar for $100, and they say, I want you to give me $100 that I bought your debt for, right? That's just dirty. Right, so RIP Medical Debt goes in and they abolish the debt. Uh, and it's, just, it's for people who live under the poverty line, two times the poverty line or below, that, that are mired in debt, they do that. So what we've decided to do prayerfully is there are a couple of families in the United States who say that if we donate our money to RIP Medical Debt to go to the Appalachia region of America, which includes Western North Carolina, that they will match our dollar per dollar. Okay, so short story, if we give $1 from our church to rip medical debt, that will wipe away someone's medical debt to the tune of $200, okay? If we give two, if we give $100, that's going to get rid of $20,000, right? $1,000 would wipe out $200,000 of medical debt. If we as a church give $10,000 to RIP medical debt, that will wipe out $2 million of medical debt, and a lot of that is going to be in Western North Carolina. And that, folks, through matching, is just incredible, right? Think about that. I sat down with my 7-year-old and 11-year-old sons last night, and they scraped together almost $73 that they're going to give to the Christmas offering, we divided that out, so it's about $36, $37 that they're going to give to, it will go to New Story Church, and that's going to help feed a couple of people, which is really awesome. Uh, and then their other, you know, the other half of that is going to feed, we calculated about $7,300 of medical debt wiped out by a 7-year-old and an 11-year-old, right? That's the power of what we get to do, right? And you give that to Jesus, man, I think we're going to feel a little bit like the wise men to say, wow, we've done something good for Jesus on his birthday. So if you'd like to participate in that, you can give today in our offering boxes out there. If you're watching online, you can go to our, you know, our website, just write Christmas offering. We give 100% of that away. That's our gift to Christ. Right? And that's going to be a good feeling, I think, when someone gets an envelope in the mail that says, uh, there's a church that follows Jesus, and they love Jesus so much that all of your medical debt has been abolished. 
right? You have a fresh start. You have a, you have a, have a start. I want you to think about that on Christmas Day when you're unwrapping presents. Think about the envelopes that people are going to get because of what you're doing today. That is going to be an incredible gift to Jesus. And as great as that is, as awesome as that is, there's still a part of me that feels like Sheldon when he came out and he gave all those gifts to Penny. He's like, it, it, it's still not enough. Because, God, you've been so good to me in my life. Right? This just scratches the surface of what I can do for you, God. God, God you're just so amazing to me. I want to go back to, to Matthew's gospel. And I want to look at what, what it really means for, for Jesus to come and be born for us. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pick up the story where an angel's talking to Joseph, saying, we, God would like for you to raise the Son of God as your own. Right? Mary's going to be pregnant. It's not going to be your physical child, but... But don't divorce her, right? Don't, don't get away from her. Stick with Mary, right? So we're picking up that story with Joseph. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, right? She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means God saves, right? That's why Jesus came, right? I'm going to jump ahead in John's gospel to when Jesus is alive, and he's going to also talk about why he came to the earth. I have come that they, humanity, that's you and me, may have life and have it to the full. Right? So, so this, this Christmas gift that, that Jesus gave to us becomes this Easter gift. It's, it's just amazing to think what Jesus has done. Right? So, so here's the deal. We are all created in God's image, right? And that means that there's a lot of good in us. We can do great things. We can love people. We can create things. We can make the world a better place. We can use the gifts and talents and abilities that God has given us to, to do awesome things in the world. And, and we see that in life, right? We want to wipe out medical debt. We want to feed the hungry. We want to we do some powerful things in the world. And, and we do that because God has created us in God's image. And there's a lot of good inside of us, inside of every one of you. Also, we've been given the gift of free will the gift of freedom of choice, right? And sometimes we choose well, but sometimes we choose poorly. And we do wrong things. We hurt other people. We hurt ourselves. We hurt our relationship with God. And, and when we choose unwisely, when we do the wrong thing, the Bible uses the word sin, right? We, we, we're sinners. We do wrong things. And because of that, there are consequences. We have to face guilt. We have to face shame. We're going to die one day physically. And we experience what the Bible calls hell, which means separation, right? We're separated from God. We're separated from each other. We're in these broken relationships. And by the way, you don't have to die to go to hell. There's hell on earth. And, and people experience that, right? And, and Jesus looks down on the earth and he's like, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I intended, right? I created you in my image, I want you to be living life to the full on the earth. I want you to live forever in the kingdom of heaven. Right? You're supposed to have lives of joy and peace, not full of guilt and shame. And so that's why Jesus came. Right? He left heaven. He, he came to become a human while still remaining God in the form of a baby. And that's the gift that we receive. Right? Then he grew up and he became a man and he taught and he preached and he, he did miracles and he died on a cross. And when he died on the cross, he took our guilt and our shame and our death and our hell and he defeated it. And he rose from the dead. He replaced it with joy and with peace. And he gives us a chance to be forgiven and gives us life to the full while we live on the earth and we live forever in the kingdom of God. Right? That's the gift that we're talking about today. And so what's, what's the big deal? What's the big idea, right? Jesus is the best gift, 
Right? Jesus is the best gift that we could ever receive in, in, in the whole world. Right? Jesus is the best gift. Right? And, and, and the good news is that some of us have figured that out. And we've taken the gift and we've received Jesus and we've turned to him and, and we've surrendered to him. And, and he lives in us and we do his work in the world and, and, and our lives are forever different. Right? But then some of us, we haven't gotten it yet. We may have heard the story. We might have been hearing it for the first time. But, but hey, you know, big deal. So what? It just it hasn't clicked for us. Right. And, and, and that's the hard part, that there's something there's something amazing standing right in, in front of us. And how many of us have ever thought or said to ourselves or out loud that there's got to be something more to life than what I'm experiencing right now? Right? You know, I, I want people to care about me for who I am and, and accept me for who I am. I, I want people to, to help elevate me to, to become something better. I want to feel loved by someone. I want, I want to have a, a connection with, with, with someone. I, I want to be happy in life. I want, to, I want to make a difference. I want to have a purpose in life. I, I want to be a part of something bigger than who I am. You know, I'm tired of, of being afraid, living my life afraid. I, I need to be more bold in what I do. I, I'm tired of living my life alone. I, I'm tired of living my life in fear. I'm, I'm tired of all of the shame and the guilt that I carry around. It's like demons that haunt my soul, like bad baggage that won't leave me alone. Right? I'm tired of living life to the empty. I'm just so tired. I feel so empty. I need goodness to come inside of me. I need hope. I, I need something better. I'm just, I need something more. And I'm guessing we all have said that. We've all felt that. And we look for it. We, we, we look for it in other relationships with people. And, and sometimes that goes really well. And we have relationships and we love and we're loved in return, right? But at some point, everyone that we know is going to disappoint us or, or hurt us. Right? We look for it in our jobs. We look for it in, in, to make a purpose and, and have a meaning in the world. And, and we go about it and we make the world a better place and we find meaning and fulfillment in that. But there's still something missing. We buy stuff, right? We buy and we buy and we buy. This is going to make me happy. This is going to make me happy. This is going to make me happy. It makes me happy for a little while, but there's still something missing in our life. And Jesus is standing here. He's like, hey, look in the, look in the cradle, right? Look in the manger. Look on the cross. Look, look, look at me risen from the dead. Like I am here. Right? And, and it's like my mom, like my dad. Like there's there's a 10-foot blue box that we walk by every day and we don't see it. And it's right in front of our face. Jesus is saying, here I am. You want meaning? You want life? You want purpose? You want acceptance? You want love? You want fullness? Here I am. I am the creator of the earth, the universe. I am the, the savior. I am the redeemer. I am the, the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. I hold the keys of hell and death and I am ready to throw them away for you. I'm ready to open the kingdom of heaven for you. I love you. I created you in my image. I, I have great plans for your life. I left heaven to come to the earth for you. I died on a cross for you. I let people mock me and make fun of me and torture me for you. I rose from the dead so that you can live life to the full. I love you. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will get you through whatever you're going through. Jesus says, here I am. I am the gift for you. And so maybe this is the Christmas that we open our eyes, right? If Jesus is the best gift ever, 
right? The, the response is take the gift, right? Grab it, rip it open, hug him, embrace him, invite Jesus into your life because this is the best thing that could have ever happened to any of us. Jesus is the best gift. Take it, take him up on it, call him out, hug him, reach for him, give your hearts to him, right? This is the day that we have to receive the best gift ever. And so I invite you to pray with me about this. Dear Jesus, this, this is new to me. This stuff is new. It sounds interesting. It sounds too good to be true. I have been looking for something more in my life. And I'm carrying around a lot of guilt and shame. And, and Jesus, I'm tired of that. I want to leave that behind. Will you please forgive me? Come into my life. Let me know that you're real. Let me encounter you right here and right now. Let me know that what Pastor Kyle is saying, what the Bible's saying is true. I'm not sure that it is, but I, I'm going to give it a chance, God. I open myself to you. Come in and let me know that you're real. I'm ready to live a life inside of you, Lord. Please forgive me. Help me turn away from living life without you. Come and be in my life right here and right now. Or maybe our prayer is, Lord, I, I know who you are. And we had a good thing one time, and I'm sorry that I've strayed. I've gone a different path, and you know, I'd love to come back, but I'm not sure that you're ready to take me because there's a lot of stuff that I've done that's wrong. And I just don't feel that I, I deserve you, God. But I want to believe that the Bible says you love me anyway, and so I'm going to give it a chance, God. And today I say to you, I'm sorry. God, receive me back. Bring me into your life. Restore the joy into my life, Lord. I, I surrender to you, God. Please come and be my Lord and Savior again. Or maybe our prayer is, Lord, I love you. You're the center of my life. You changed my world, God. I, I can't live life without you. Thank you for the blessings you've given me in relationships and, and a calling, God, to be a part of a church family that, that wants to live life to the full in the world. God, I am living a life to the full. And I'm here today to celebrate that. And I'm here to say joy to the world and hark the herald angels sing and go tell it on the mountain. Jesus Christ is born and my life is forever changed. God, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for the greatest gift in the world, your son, our Lord. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.